Adam Schiff censored McCarthy to expunge Trump's impeachment calls for Joe's impeachment have begun. Durham's report proves that Trump was right and the three-letter agencies are chaos. Is Russia headed to civil war after the six billion extra we sent to Ukraine? Is the CIA running the world's largest keto ring? Elon and Zuck to cage fight? <laughs> Not if Mama Musk has anything to do with it. O'Keefe has exposed Black Rot and Taiwan is in trouble because Joey won't protect against the CCP. Hunter gets a plea and is Lisa Monaco the queen of the deep state? The one that Biden wanted to save? I'm Mimi, here's your rundown. Get ready for my pals over at Politics Plus Podcast. Here we go. And don't forget to subscribe to our Rumble channel. We don't need to rewrite the Constitution. You need to reread the Constitution. You are now listening to Politics Plus Podcast. What truly matters is not which party controls our government, but whether our government is controlled by the people. Welcome to Politics Plus Podcast, Season 2, Episode 6. I am your host, Johnny Onions, and I am here tonight with Diggs and Alex, and we are going to discuss tonight a topic very near and dear to my heart, Fugazi. All things Fugazi. Fugazi is, as Fugazi does, is the name of tonight's episode, and basically, I want to start off with a quick prayer, bow our heads. Lord Jesus, defend us against all forms of tyranny and wickedness. And allow us to see truth and no truth in all its forms. Help us be men and women of peace and to defend ourselves in battle against the wickedness and snares of the devil. In Jesus' name we pray. And if you'd like to follow us, please go to Rumble. Look for Politics Plus Podcast where you'll be able to see and hear the entirety of the podcast. As well as audio versions available on iTunes and Spotify. With that out of the way, with no further ado... I'm going to bring us home and start talking in this round-robin discussion about Fugazi culture. Diggs, I'm going to start with you. Do you understand? Have you, you've heard the word Fugazi in the past, I'm sure, right? Yeah, there's many different options with that word. All right, exactly. So tonight, we're going to discuss Fugazi in the context and the confines of the culture war. We're going to talk about religion a little bit. We're going to talk about the the different things that we see with the with this pride situation that we have going on. And I want this to be a round robin discussion. I'm going to start with you. What lit you up and what got you motivated to get involved in this world of ours? Um, you know, doing the things that you've been doing. So touch on that a little bit for us. I want my father of three children, 15, 13, and nine. So I got elementary, I got middle school and I got high school. Uh, I wasn't into to politics at all for COVID. You know what I'm saying? The COVID stuff, all that started happening. We started uh, having, you know, virtual learning and parents started catching on to things that they were doing in the schools. Otherwise, we have no idea. So the LGBT stuff, never cared about it. You know, I just walked right past it. The drag shows, all that stuff, didn't care. Um, you know, even though it started becoming all over the TV and the shows. And these are all things that I can control um, when it comes down to the TV and, and the events outside or whatever. I could walk past it. I could change the channel. But one thing I can't control is what happened at the schools. So, you know, you, you go in, you find out that they're touching on this race stuff. They're making uh, modern day racism a big, a big topic. They're making, um, you know, the LGBT a big topic. They're, they're, they're talking to children about these things that otherwise I wouldn't talk to my children about, especially at these young ages. Um, and it's, it, it's forced. It's something that they don't have the option to do. Um, and otherwise, parents wouldn't know if we didn't have this, this look from, from the virtual learning, if we didn't get this inside look. Um, and then the hypocrisy of it is that, like, you know, they say that we we shouldn't do uh, the prayers anymore or we can't talk about religion and this and that. But at the same time, they're forcing us to to believe these opinions and beliefs and this this pride religion. They got the pride flags in the schools, but we can't talk about Jesus. We can't do any of these other things. And I don't need to talk about Jesus in a public school. But at the same time, that means that we don't need to talk about those specific opinions and beliefs. Um, and that's what it is. It, it, it's a forced issue. Um, it's a partisan issue. It's causing more and more separation, especially when it comes to race. I have a, a, a mixed child. So when it comes down to the race thing, I feel it, it, says, it hits close to home. I'm a white father. He has a black mother. 
So when you send home books saying that white people don't respect black people in 2023, that hits close to home. And then I'm like, hold on. Look, I'm 35 years old. We didn't even talk about any of this growing up. I grew up with black people. You know, mm -hmm. I grew up with Puerto Rican people. I've, I've been around the block and we didn't do none of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So why are we making this such a conversation today? And then the mm -hmm. LGBT, you got more and more kids identifying as this and that and different creatures. And growing up, we didn't have none of that either. The no. gay kids were gay. They didn't, need to get, they didn't need to be pushed in school to find out that they're gay. None of the gay kids are, were, were pushing this. None of them said they needed it in school. Um, everybody gets bullied, not just gay people. Um, everybody's an asshole, not just white people. Uh, so it, it's just amazing to me that they took a, a back step on the education, that the grades are going down, and they're focusing on the culture war, 100%. So that's why I was like, okay, I need to step in. And then mm -hmm. I get into all the other stuff, and now I'm seeing the bigger picture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it's great. I, I think it's great that you, um, you know, again, I have children as well. I have three little children, and, you know, um, we go to, they go to Catholic school, for instance, but we have events for sports and stuff like that. We go to the public schools, and you see in these public schools, they have these gender-fluid bathrooms, which is, to me, an abomination. I mean, mm. you know, what kind of civilized society do we call ourselves when my daughter's going to be using the toilet washing her hands and then the boy's going to come in and six inches away from that sink, he's going to whip out and use a urinal. I mean, we have a problem there, you know, and it's a big right. problem. And, and, you know, it's go ahead. Right. And with that, how do you say that you respect everybody with this DEI diversity, equity, and inclusion? How is that inclusion when you're dismissing all the young girls that might feel uncomfortable with the men in the bathrooms with them? Mm -hmm. How are you calling it inclusion when you're dismissing the religions that don't believe in LGBT stuff? Right. And that's you know why we so it, it's, inclusion keeps everyone. That's why we touch on the word Fugazi here, right? Yeah. So Fugazi, very yeah, simply, yeah. it's all Fugazi. So you're telling people that they're oppressed, that there's, there's a mm -hmm. race problem in this country. They're oppressed. They're, uh, you have people believing that. There are people that are against them because they're against the the activities that they do. For instance, if it's LGBTQ, if that's offensive to you, you're a bigot. But if your Christianity mm -hmm. is offensive to them, you're just a white nationalist or an evil, you know. So mm -hmm. it, they, they, they use Fugazi in a lot of different ways. And they use it as a mm -hmm. club. They use it as a legal club. They use it as a, a spiritual club. They use it as a, uh, you know, they, they twist people up into legal pretzels and knots, Right. When they when they oppose the system, and we just see this going down the line and all things. And I want to bring in Alex here. So, Alex, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, you you, you know, the, what what lit you up to get involved and to be a voice in this community? Talk to me. Um, so I'm a wife. I'm a mom of two. They're four and two, so we're real little. We're in those baby stages. But you see all of this. You you see even at some of the, you know, at the public parks or at this or that, and, you know, the museums, you see the gender and you have, I'm having to explain certain things like the TV commercials to our four-year-old and that between that and uh, the attack on masculinity and the femininity and the whole nuclear, not nuclear family, but the whole just traditional family that lit a fire under me beneath me. So mm. that is, that's when everything just went to pot. You know, when I started realizing, well, they've just slowly been sliding everyone out of the family so they can take over the kids. You know, I, mm. I was always told kids are the innocent ones and they're the closest to God. So that's why they're attacking them. So take mm. out the family, yeah, interesting, get yeah. the kids. That's true. That's true. And that brings me to my next side, you know, topic of discussion. I, I would say, um, in Fugazi culture, one of the big things we have to contend with in this country and across the world, too, is the Fugazi nature of religion today. So they have these mega churches where you go get a Frappuccino, you get like this little container of like grape juice and a little wafer, you know, and you go in there, they got some rock band playing music. It's nice. I'm not, I'm not against it. I, I like it. I go, I, I attend all services. I'm open deist, you know, like I'll go anywhere. I'll go to Jewish ceremonies. I don't care. I like to see people celebrate God, whatever form they have it. But I'm a Christian, you know. But um, you know, when you see uh, ever since the, uh, you know, the the this this could t I want to touch on what Dustin brought up DEI and ESG and all that stuff, right? There's, there's a there's an embryonic form of that that we could bring back to helping to destroy the the fabric and culture of the nation, and that would be the 501c3 program under Lyndon Baines mm -hmm. Johnson that they implemented against. The churches, yeah. right? So the churches were one of the things that really were the impediment to a new world order, to all these different things, because the church taught values, it taught, you know, it taught the gospel, right? 
Um, the pulpits were a place of fire, Holy Spirit fire that rained down upon the people in the churches. Churches were packed, right? In neighborhoods like where I'm from, the churches were packed, seven, 800 seat capacity churches packed to the gills that today they have 40, 50 people in them. And the neighborhood itself gentrified. So it has 30 times the amount of people. Okay. Wow. And, you know, the pubs are full, the churches are empty, but a lot of this goes back to that 501c3. Anybody who's not familiar with that, they basically put shackles on pastors and, and, and churches and said, if you want to be labeled a nonprofit organization and get tax exempt status, you're going to do what we say. Uh, at the same time they did that, they also implemented the welfare state, which was your, your, your Southern Democrats, your Dixiecrats, the ones that brought you slavery, the ones that brought you Jim Crow the ones that brought you true institutionalized racism, okay, and then just flipped the switch one day in the 1960s and became the sugar daddy for the entire black community, um, you know, where they took, you know, Lincoln's picture off the wall at the house and they put up Johnson's, right? So yeah. Johnson was a known racist. He was a known psychopath. He was a guy who used a turlet and made his advisors talk to him and just belittled them, right? So these are the types of things that happened. 501c3 was a predicate to, to DEI, and, and to all these other things that we see today. And I think that the church itself has failed. So I'd like to talk to you, Alex. What, what, are your, what is your, I mean, I know you live in a certain region of the country that would be considered very, very religious, very, very Bible-believing. So what do you say about the current state of religion, megachurches, Fugazi religious practices today? Um, you know, with the churches, they, it, they've lost sight of what is supposed to be done. You teach the Bible, and that's coming from a Catholic. So. Um, and a chosen Catholic. So I grew up Episcopalian. I went through all that rigmarole trying, you know, join the church as you're supposed to as a good little kid. Um, but I married a Catholic boy and the sitting through all of that, that is something I've noticed that you find yourself a good priest. You, you won't have him long. Um, you will, he won't play the games that the bishops or the higher ups want them to mm -hmm. the 501c rules. And, you know, we had a great one and he just, we left because he wouldn't play the game. Um, yeah. And it, it's just, it's saddening to see. And it's, but it kind of in the past three years that I've like really truly woken up to realize that, Oh, this hadn't just been the last three years. It's been decades and decades, decades. of them doing this. Vatican II, since Vatican II, typically. Exactly. You know, the um, liberalization of the church. Mm -hmm. yeah. Talking to my mother-in-law mm -hmm. because she sat through Vatican II. So that is something, mm -hmm. the biggest thing she was explaining to me. She was like, no, that's, that's, um, that's not a new thing that you're seeing. This is something that has been going on for my whole life in her 70s. Mm -hmm. So it's just... It's maddening, and it's even down here. It's just we've lost sight, and that, and it was done on design, and that's the scary part. Mm -hmm. Is it's done on design, and as you know, a lot of people it will make, push them away from the church. It has literally drawn me to it because it has drawn me yeah. to like, okay, something's up, and, and we got to you got to get your house in people. alignment. So, yeah. You yeah. Need, the church needs people, and I think the fact that we have a lot of churches that are closing and. You know, you see a lot of that happening. It's sad to see, but I believe it's directly correlated to the lack of fire from the pulpit. Yes. The lack of Holy Spirit fire from the pulpit. So I want to shift on uh, to another Fugazi topic. And Dustin, I'll, 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 Diggs, I'll throw this one your way. This is, um, I was, <laughs> don't don't hate me, but I was watching CNN for some reason the other day. Uh, I, think I, I, think my, I think I hit the button by mistake or something, right? <laughs> yeah. And I see Obama. I see Obama, you know, I, you know. Oh. He's there and he's talking about Trump's indictment and he says something very interesting. He said, uh, the of President Trump, it, it proves one thing, that justice is truly blind. I just laughed. I said, wow, yeah. here's the criminals talking about, and I call justice just us, and it's just us for the elites, right? Mm -hmm. Our oh, yeah. elites um, have a certain system of justice that we don't share. Um, and and, and this, to hear that come out of his mouth was just like, Obama said a lot of doozies over the years, you know? But like, just that one alone made me like stop in my tracks. And I was like, man, I really remember why I don't watch this garbage on <laughs> CNN. But what's your take on Obama going up on CNN, doing a little bit of a, a, you know, a football spike after the Hunter Biden gets off with a slap on the wrist and Trump's got to face life in prison? 
Well, I think that he's he's coming back to try to restore um, the belief in the Democratic Party and st- and still try to keep it um, the, the craziness, but not as crazy, trying to tame it down and get people like, oh, OK, see, I can get with that. Because if you notice, Biden's been failing so bad, you know, he's got his family issues and the Democrats are just getting so out of control. All of a sudden, you're starting to see Obama on TV every day again. Mm. And he's talking about things with Trump when it's like, bro, like you had documents your, your your vice president had documents. Clinton has documents. That all that whole crew had documents. He's Clinton running the White House from a mile away from the White House in some compound. Right. Clinton didn't have a document. He walled she up. Had a whole he lives server. in there. I mean, it, literally. I mean, yeah. Obama said. I remember when he said it. He was like, oh, you know, I wish I could have a second term where I could wear my sweatpants, watch ESPN, yeah. and run the. Country. He's literally doing yeah. that, and it, it, it's a shame. And I, I think we should switch from that to here's another Fugazi. <laughs> this is another Fugazi one. This is open for the you know anybody who wants to chime in on it. Elon Musk against Mark Zuckerberg in a cage match. I mean, have we lost our oh. collective minds in this world? Who the hell wants to see these two geeks bust the hell out of each other? I mean, I, I probably would, but okay. I mean, what's your take on the Musk versus, um, you know, Zuckerberg cage match? Anybody? Alex, I don't know if you want to take uh, this, but I no, mean, we, I, I think we all got some things to say about this. I pay for it. <laughs> I paid to watch. <laughs> Look, you're I would pay, you're gonna to pay to watch. watch. All right, All I right. would pay to watch. I do want to. I do want to see it, uh, but I don't know if this is um, a way to keep your mind off things, or if this is a way to look at these figures like they're cool people, even though they're doing grimy shit behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it's interesting that Mark Zuckerberg is is starting to win all these like judo comps and shit. And now he wants to fight Elon, but I think Elon's <laughs> dumb enough to do some crazy shit in the ring. But I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what this really is. You know what I mean? I don't know where it's coming from. I mm-hmm. think Dana White get involved. I think on his part, it's genius business wise. Yeah, but he's the new Don, I don't, he's I, the Don I'm, King without hair. He's I don't know Don what King the big. Hair. I don't know what the big thing is here with this. It's just like with everything going on, it's such a strange thing to happen. It is interesting, but I don't want to get too involved in it because I feel mm-hmm. like that's what they want you to do. Like, I oh think yeah, it's, this is I awesome. Think hundred percent right. And I, I'll segue from that since it's round robin rapid fire tonight. Let's talk about the the fiberglass sub that imploded, right? You take that. There's another Fugazi situation now. You got listen, God rest the souls on that ship, you know, whatever. I feel for them and I feel for their families and I don't want to make light of that. But I, I do want I, I do take issue with the fact that pretty much even James Cameron comes out and says, Well, I pretty much knew that when they lost comms and they lost, you know, tracking at the same time that that sub debris was right below where they were last spotted. I mean, so they know since Sunday, and they got everybody. I mean, mm. I walk at the pizzeria. I'm getting lunch. I got to hear the guy. Yeah, you know, the, the sub. And they, they, you, everybody becomes an expert all of a sudden on aquatics, deep sea aquatics, and everything else. It, it just like it, it seems to just capture people's imagination, take their eye off the ball, it's the whole, and just stupefy everybody. Well, Johnny, you know? it's the whole um, wave the left hand while there's something else going on. Mm, what yeah. else is going on behind the scenes? Like you, I saw somewhere and I don't know if it's true or not, you know, something else was happening, um, with a Russian sub or, uh, something. This was right before, uh, tonight that there's something missing from their fleet or whatever. I mean, there's so many things that have been going on and then they, you know, skirted by with the last few days with Hunter Biden stuff. All of it is a, do this with this hand while we're doing all this crap mm-hmm. behind the scenes. And we're not, mm-hmm. we're going to keep you all okay. asleep, yeah. you know, unaware of anything. That's why yeah, I want to have this discussion today because I feel like everything is fake. Yes. Everything we yeah, see and they is got, fake. It's a movie. Everything we hear is fake. I mean, I, I was raised at a place that by very tough people and they taught me one thing that was very important. They said, listen, Johnny, believe nothing of what you hear and half of what you, you see. see. And I didn't understand it until I got older. But, you know, yeah. that's how I feel today, you know? Well, let me let me talk something real quick. It's because like like so obviously everybody was talking about the submarine and it even came down to the conservative media even talking about it every day. I mean, even so some of them were still touched on Hunter Biden. But you know what wrapped them back in? It just so happens this guy made some off the wall comment about white males. And he's he's all involved in the woke stuff. So then so so conservative media blew up over that plastic sub factory. I guess but you know, know what, but that but but yeah, but that reeled in that reeled in the conservative media because that's something that we talk about. That's something mm-hmm. that we would blow up. So everybody was talking about it, and and of course, of course, it does. It comes back to the DEI stuff. So he wanted he wanted to check boxes. He wanted to hire stuff, and look what happened. And it just so happened. Say, the same if you're DEI, he didn't want to hire. Right? We're the ones trying to save him. 
here's the thing about DEI yeah. for people that don't understand it, right? A company like Bud Light, you know, Anheuser Busch, or other companies that mm-hmm. go woke, uh, go woke, go broke, right? That's a facade too, because if a company loses a hundred million dollars for doing something stupid to alienate customers, right, or 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 erode their support base, um, at the same time, these companies like BlackRock, or for instance, who you know, I'm just throwing a name out there, you know, they'll make a billion dollars worth of loans available to that same CEO who's going to turn mm-hmm. around and stab his clientele and customers in the back and yep. destroy their brand, knowing they're losing a hundred million but gaining a billion. I was going to you know, ask. So that's, yeah. that's how that works. I was going to ask know, out it's, of it's, ignorance. It's gangsterism on a very high-tech scale, you know? Yeah, I was going to ask Charlie out say, of ignorance. Was, is, mm-hmm. Are they getting paid? You know, when they do the go well, go broke, are they getting – they have to sure be getting paid behind they, the scenes, right? They get access to the biggest okay. pools of fi- financing in the world. Yeah, yeah well – yeah, well, BlackRock, well, Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, he, he, there's a video of him saying that they're forcing these behaviors. Mm-hmm. They're forcing it. Yeah, they're training so, us and, and like they, dogs, they, basically. You know? Right, and if they don't push it, they're going to get impacted, he said. Their business is going to get impacted. So right now, whether they're getting impacted by our dollars or not, it doesn't matter because they're getting funded by these huge companies. And that's that why, will never that's, go that's why people can't understand it. That's why people say, right. yeah, but why would you want to cut off your nose to spite your face? But they're not. Mm-hmm. They're cutting off their nose to get a brand new one and 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 a, and a boob job at the same time with a butt lift <laughs> and some fake cheeks, you know. They, so it, that's that's how you could quantify that, you know. Off and I would say yeah, that. Just... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's just terrible. I mean, the other thing I wanted to touch on in the Fugazi uni- on, on the Fugaziverse, I'll call it. In the Fugaziverse, there's one thing that really grinds my gears, as uh, Peter Griffith would say, right? Yep. Um, and that is all these powerful people. Elites, all the elites, whenever you question these low lives today, they all squirm and they call for your head. They call for your scalp. Questioning them is somehow a form of violence to them and their character or somehow asking them to account for themselves is, is, is like, like today, if you watch, what was it, KJ, KJP, uh, Kat, Korean, whatever, Jean Pierre, oh, the, the spokesperson, yeah. the, the, yeah. the resident lawyer for Biden, and who's the other guy from the Pentagon? <laughs> They stormed out. They were getting questions about the Biden crime family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They literally stormed out like you did when you were in like uh, grade school, and then you know Buffy got the uh, the cupcake with the zebra uh, Four- coloring, and you got the red one. Yeah, and you were pissed. You know, like they, they literally just like, took their ball and mm-hmm. went home. You know, and this is happening everywhere. Though, like uh, I'll segue that into this total disgraciad, this Peter Hotez, this low life. Are you guys familiar with Peter Hotez? Yeah. Peter Hotez is a lying sack of garbage. He's a he's a he's a he's a, mm-hmm. he's a, um, a pediatrician worth like thirty five million dollars, and he just shills for 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 pharmaceutical companies on the mainstream media. He's the, there's a beautiful compilation. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. Um, it was put together with him saying, "All you need is one shot." And then, oh no, they're perfectly safe. One shot, yeah. you be no, totally immune. You know, and, and they go through his evolution of lies, like. This is the type. This yep. guy also said that um, famously back in the day that the BLM riots during the lockdowns while it was happening, that it was yeah. safe, it was okay, it was a good thing. Yeah. You know, like so this same guy anyway goes on Joe Rogan, and then RFK Jr. Mm-hmm. goes on Joe Rogan, and what happens, right? Joe Rogan takes him to the woodshed, so to speak, in a, in a, in a good way, and then RFK Jr. comes on and it, it sparks an idea in Rogan to say, "Hey, let's have this debate," right? So he mm-hmm. wants to have Hotez debate um, RFK Jr. And they raised like mm-hmm. a crazy amount of money, over a million dollars or whatever it was for charity. And this guy refuses. And it was a reporter who went to his house, uh, you know, to try to bring up the, 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 the you know, the, the quarter might go candidly try to like, but the guy won't debate, but yet he goes out there with the protection and cover of the mainstream media to, to promote lies, you know, just outright yep. lies, you know? So that that to me highlights greatly Fugazi culture. You know, what do you guys think about that? I wonder how they sleep at well, night. I think that if they're, if, yeah, I mean, yeah, if they're out there lying about all this stuff, especially pediatrician. I mean, the I was born in '86, so I was at the cusp of all these the vaccine schedules and you know just being not held liable or anything. So mm-hmm. I just cannot, I can't fathom the what. They make six figures a pop. I understand. To, to, There's to, no money you know? in the world, but that's because I have morals and I have a compass that does not, mm-hmm. that leads me towards do not do harm. They literally took an mm-hmm. oath that is do not do harm, yet they're doing harm. 
I just well, I can't think about it. In medical sleep. school, they don't teach. They teach a half hour on vaccines. They don't teach them what's in it. Mm. They don't teach them what they do. They don't teach them about the adjuvants. Yeah. They don't teach them about any of it. You know, yeah. so it's the, not surprising in like a lot of a ways. Baker you know, out that, there, that's the case. You know, a, a baker has to know every ingredient because people are allergic to this, 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 and that's coming from an allergy right. person. And yeah, thanks to the shots, and they don't <laughs> they don't need to know anything about shots. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just right. yeah, I, I I think it's terrible. I think the, the the greatest form of violence against humanity is what these psychopaths are doing with these medicines, you know? Um, So much hurt. So many kids are hurt. So many kids are now on the spectrum on this and that. There's so many different ailments that people get that we never had before the advent of not only the the shots, but the tremendous amounts of chemicals out there that we ingest and that are put into our food and Mm -hmm. soil. There's a statistic or an estimation that there is going to be one in two that are on the spectrum. Since yeah. 1986, well, let, me tell you this. No yeah. let me give you a, let me give you something that's uh, we, we tie into that. Like if you ate a bowl of salad in 1950, today you need to eat five bowls of that same salad yeah. to get the same nutrition. Everything that was good for us was been wiped out. So you had iodine in the water supply, iodine in the bread supply. Right. They changed it with bromide, fluoride, the bad halogens. You know the whole nine yards. Dustin, you were saying. No, I was going to say, um, and like RFK, he made the great point on the Joe Rogan podcast. was saying like, you know, at his age of 50s or whatever, he's like, think about it, Joe. Like when you were younger, how many kids you see with autism? You right. see none. It was rare. That's now right. every other kid has it. And some, some kids are even making it cool to say they're on the spectrum. It's, yeah. it's that like prevalent. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, and, and then when it comes down to the chemicals, even in the food, you got, you, you look at Europe and you compared to our stuff, you look at a box of cereal, they have six ingredients. We have fucking 40. You know what I'm saying? And even, even things, even, even things like, uh, even the Celsius, the healthy energy drinks, all the energy, all the, uh, no sugar, no sugar, no sugar, the, the, the sucralose or whatever, it's Splenda. There's a new study that I find out that it can, it can mess with your DNA. It can, it can ruin your intestines. It can, and it's like, okay, so it's 600 times sweeter than sugar, the Splenda stuff. And it's in, it's in all of these no sugar drinks. But the artificial sweeteners are becoming worse than just having sugar at this what point. What gets me too, talking about that, I, I, I would put the vegans in my sight right now because oh. if you want to talk about fugazis, here you go. The vegan is, a, is a such a I mean, like, diet. There's a, few, oh. there's a few categories of people that irk me a little bit, right? One of them is the, the, the self-righteous vegan. The second is a person who drives a BMW. <laughs> and, but they have been overtaken now by the Tesla drivers. So yeah. I used to have a disdain for the BMW guys because they were just jerks. But now you got the test lights and the test lights, they think like they're so special, not realizing they're paving the way for AI to just take over the world we live in, you know, but they're such idiots. But, and, and they're driving on a basically a mini atomic bomb there if it ever goes on fire while they're driving it. So you have the test lights. But, you know, what really gets me today, I got to be honest with you, is just all this, this poisoning, all these chemicals, all this stupid farm, mm-hmm. I mean, these commercials for these drugs. I got to bash my head into the wall sometimes. When I watch these commercials, they, they drive me insane. And just to know that when our, our esteemed John D. Rockefeller figured out that you could take petroleum and create pharmaceutical drugs, the next thing you know, holistic doctors were known as quacks. Holistic medicine was known as witchcraft. And everybody got real sick. And let's go back to children with autism. Forget about autism. When I was a kid, we had a kid that had cancer and unfortunately passed away. But... A child with cancer would elicit doctors to come all over the, from the all over the world to study that child to make a case that today their kids with cancer everywhere. St. Jude's is booming, you know, the whole nine yards. I mean, this is a crazy situation, and it's very directly mm-hmm. linked to the chemicals in the air, the water, and and the foods, and the food dies. So that's a huge one. So Fugazi world well, uh, wouldn't be complete without talking about the Fugazi assault on eating, you know, things that they put in these foods. I mean, a box of pasta. If it's not, if it's not, if your pasta doesn't say durum wheat, you know, just durum wheat, like, you know, just semolina durum wheat. If it doesn't say just that, throw it out. Yep. Throw it out. Mm-hmm. Don't eat it. Well, Johnny. Your body doesn't want it. Your body can't digest it, you know? You know, I, I think that we have to get back to a lot of our own little micro farms and, and, and victory gardens and stuff like that. It's going to be a key thing mm-hmm. for humanity to get, overcome a lot of this corporatism and this corporate fascism or whatever they call it. I, right, I, I right. hate labeling these things because it's so stupid. We're bigots. I'm a white nationalist. Meanwhile, you know, I'm a racist. I'm married to a Puerto Rican. I, I, somehow right. I'm a racist. You know, I, I, again, I don't care what they say, but I want to flip from that one because we beat that one a little bit up. 
pretty hard. Let's go. I, I want to talk about some of the bright spots. Like, you know, there's a lot of bad, right? We have war. Yeah. We have Joe Biden fumbling around, putting his hand over his heart for the Indian uh, match. <laughs> Did oh. you see this? His hand You know, but, you know, it, it's funny, but it's sad, right? So we have all this bad stuff going on. We have, you know, we just have this 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 drumbeat of negativity on a regular basis. But I want to now shift over and talk about because I'm just one of those people. I'm I'm a happy idiot. I'm positive. I like good things. I like good people. I like good stories. So some of the lights that I see at the end of the tunnel. And I'm going to say one big bright spot that I love about the culture war would be my buddy there, James O'Keefe, right? Mm-hmm. OMG, James O'Keefe. I mean, this guy is just keeps on coming with big hits. I mean, getting these guys on camera. He just got the kid from BlackRock. The guy, the guy yeah. ran into the police station. He was sketchy. <laughs> but you know, guys like him to me, they have a lot of impact. You know, people like mm-hmm. like you, Diggs. You know, you go on a pot, you have a podcast. You know, you you speak about these topics. This is what we need. We were told for so mm-hmm. long, don't talk about religion and politics in public. You know what you, you know. That's the only stuff we need to be talking about. Because in the end, look what happened when we took our eye off that ball. You know, when I was a kid, there was something called NAFTA. And uh, George Bush, the senior, the, the, you know, uh, the, the, he was promoting it. And then, you know, he, you know, Ross Perot was running against him back then. I was a kid, very in tune with this stuff when I was a little one. But, you know, here, here's Ross Perot going, NAFTA, is, you know, when you think about NAFTA, he goes, think about a sucking sound. And he would go like that. And he goes, that's your jobs, being sucked down to Mexico and out the back door to China and all over the East Middle East, you know. And, yeah. and he was right. You know, we watched all the factories close. We watched industry shut down. We got deindustrialized before our eyes. And we went complacent, you know. And we walked into that. Now we're in a situation where, I mean, uh, who came out? Raytheon CEO came out, what was it, yesterday and said that China, literally said China has us by the balls because they control 98% of the rare earth minerals in the world. Well, no kidding. Mm-hmm. No kid. When I was in seventh grade, I would ask my teacher, well, what happens if China, you know, we need to go to war with China? Are they going to make the bombs we need to drop on them? This was, a, you know, 11-year-old talking back then, you know? So my thing is this, like, you know, guys like James O'Keefe, you know, formerly of Project Veritas, now of OMG, guys like Alex Jones, guys like Roger Stone, guys like, um, you know, just the people out there who who are doing these things, you know, going out and exposing pedophiles, going out and, and just, you know, making a difference. To me, that's the biggest bright light when it comes to the culture war itself. So what do you guys think about that? And who's some of your favorite people out there fighting the good fight? Alex, go ahead. Why don't we start with you? Uh, I was actually going to ask you, you know, what I'm, com- I'm not that comfortable with it, but like, I do understand what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm, I've got the two little ones that are running in the circles around me right now. So you know, I'm in tune with, with what I can mentally handle. Uh, but so I'm a little, little green on that, but I, I see what James O'Keefe is doing and I, I love it because there's gotta be someone out there that's big enough to get the voice heard. But I was going to ask you, you know, mm-hmm. what's you or Dustin, you know, what's y'all's take on it? Because I got to stand back on that one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Dustin, who, who do you who do you fancy out there? Who do you who makes you feel uh, positive and 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 hopeful for the future in, in the culture war? Uh, well, I have to say a lot of podcasters. I uh, like even Joe Rogan. I know that that's typical to say these days, but you've seen him change over time. Mm-hmm. He's starting to listen more, and that's what it takes. Have a three hour conversation. We can't do it in three minutes at a school board. We can't do it on, on an app that's gonna that's gonna take our shit down. Mm-hmm. So we have to keep on fighting it. Like I, I I look up to people like that have the money and have the following to to risk all that yeah. just to speak the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I got I got I got more semi local guys like right in Jersey. Got the guy Ian Smith with the gym. He Jim kicked Brown, down yeah. the doors and kept it open. Uh, you know that was I I've met him personally. I've talked to him personally. Uh, I I respect that because I'm a gym guy too. And and you know, growing up and being and being in, in, in the, the gym atmosphere and being around real men, you're starting to see like like the, the lack of testosterone is really killing people. So when you have guys like Tim Kennedy, I really like Tim Kennedy because he's he, he's a badass dude and he's speaking the truth about things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. people don't like it, sometimes people do, but he's like, Hey, look, you know, I've been through the the ringer here. 
Um, you know, like you, you gotta, you gotta be realistic here. You know, we can still love everyone, but we still have to, uh, respect boundaries and we have to be realistic about shit. Um, and if you, you can live your life, but we can't force your life on everybody else. I wouldn't force my life on everybody else. So I like Joe Rogan. I like James O'Keefe, James O'Keefe, anybody who's literally risking their lives, even RFK, yeah. Yeah. a Democrat. I never thought I'd say it about a Democrat, <laughs> but he's literally risking his life. He's literally risking his life for the things that he's saying. He is. Yeah. I mean, his yeah. family, you know, has been killed by the government. He knows that. Um, and I think, I think it, it took a little long for some people to speak out, but I think that now that we're realizing these things and we're all making these changes when it comes down to the food and stuff, because we understand that the microplastics and all these things are deteriorating testosterone in men, and it has is having an effect on the, ve- uh, the pushback. The vegan diets, the soy. Mm-hmm. The vegan diet, mm-hmm. it, it, that is that is stopping the pushback. It really is. It's making people more soft and more submissive. And you, I got to give it up to the people that have you know been kicking doors down and saying no, this is not fucking right. Yeah. Um, because if it wasn't for them, I, honestly, it all started with Trump. I have to be honest with you, because you know as much as much as I could criticize Trump right now, I didn't pay attention to the media lies until he came around. I had no fucking clue, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. never knew. My parents had Channel Six on all goddamn day. I thought these people were the utmost truth. I thought it was illegal for them to lie. We had Fox mm-hmm. News on all day. My whole yeah. fucking life. We had Fox News and CNN right. in our house. Yeah, and look, no, and look, and look at Fox News. Look at Fox News. I mean, obviously, my my number They're one in all reality is Tucker Carlson. But my Tucker Carlson is my number one. But in all reality, like Fox, yeah, I mean, BlackRock owns a large portion of Fox. So this yep. whole time, they've been waiting for this to happen. Paul Ryan they've been is on to the shut board. That shit down. Paul Ryan on the board. I mean, you know, yeah. you know Diggs, you, you touch on a good point there. And, and you know, quite frankly, that's the thing. The hardest thing, and I and I've been awake for a long time. Like I, it started for me with nine eleven. After nine eleven, being right there, you know, watching the towers literally yeah. fall. The, 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 the you know. Right there, like I watched Bush closely. I was a Bush guy. I love Bush Senior. I thought he was great. You know, I I was Republican against Democrat all day long. I was ready to fight these battles. You know, and I even went with Bush. You know, until right after nine eleven, I realized it. I saw what they were doing. I saw what they were doing to the Muslims. How they were making a straw man out of them. How they were using the you know using that bias to to create a wedge and to create a, a distraction. And I woke up. And I despise George W. Bush. You know, I, I used to love the man. I, 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 from that moment on, I realized, wow, they're that dumb, evil, bad. You know, I, it, it hit hard. You know, and I spent my life, you know, one by one, kind of changing minds. I, I would debate people, and I would do podcasting. I guess before it was a real thing, right? And I would do it on the streets, and I would do it when I was bouncing in nightclubs and bars. You know, and I would just wherever I can catch somebody's ear that wanted to talk about it, I would never bring it up. I would let them bring it up. But then I would just, you know, have my own way of of really just questioning them and making them question themselves to the point where, like, there was the times, like, you know, I come from a very hipsterish place, you know. Now it was never like that until gentrified. But you know, like these girls would run out, like screaming, like, I, I, "You're making me change my mind. I can't." And it was, like, freak, and I, I realized something. <laughs> yeah, you're making me think for myself. And I realized something at that time. I said, "Wow, the reason why we can't change minds easily with truth." Is because if we get these people to agree with us, they have to fundamentally disown and disavow everything they've built their life on. You know, they've mm-hmm. built their whole identity on being like these political party affiliates or, you know, being a certain type of person. I'm a liberal. I'm a Democrat. I'm a this, some of that. Right. And f- f- for them to have to open their minds, critically think and then see, listen, I'm not a crazy person. First of all, like if you talk to me for more than five minutes, you'll know. I'm not a bigot. I'm not a racist. I'm not a. I'm a right. not phobic of anything. You know, I'm not. Uh, I don't hate people. I spread love. I spread, I try to be happy. You know, and and, I, and I'm sure that goes for you guys too, right? If you, you and the whole thing is that that's why they do these things. They have these buzzwords for us because it helps them categorize us and file us away and neatly tuck us away to be. Oh, he's a crazy person. And they, I love the conspiracy the, theory. The, uh, no, you they know, do this uh, from thing, right? like day one, like. The two, mm-hmm. There are two times that I can remember in the past, like, four years that I've gone to the voting – when I go to the voting um, poll and booth and everything, I have literally walked out of ours that is in a Episcopalian church, and there is a one of the workers standing at the end, and he said, so – and it's the same guy that has done this, um, but he said, so did you vote how your husband told you to? Because I'm white and I'm a woman. Who the hell does that? 
I mean, that's what they have ingrained in everyone when it comes down to all of this crap. Like, that, it's divide and conquer. You know, they've absolutely made it where mm-hmm. the, this guy just looks at me every time, you know, every two or three years and says, oh, well, she just voted how her husband does. We don't vote the same. I mean, mm-hmm. we're both conservative, but we don't. It just depends on who's done their research that day. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's mind blowing how they have. Well, you know, I find that the left, is, the, the people on the everywhere. left, they are very. They're they're the real racists, the real prejudiced. You know, oh yeah, they're the ones. Oh, yeah. that, I had this conversation with, with you know, because I come from a very urban area, right? A lot of friends of all different colors, races, creeds. You know, and I have this conversation with my black friends often. I'm like, listen, I, I, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I used to feel sorry for the black community because I knew what happened to them. I knew they were brought here on slave ships, sold off by their own people, or captured yeah. by their own tribes, other tribes, opposing tribes, put on ships. Sold, I mean, the Muslim Moors controlled the slave trade since the Roman Empire fell. Basically, they moved it to the Barbary Coast. I know the history. I know the names of the tribes in Africa that were selling the people. I mean, you know, they can't. It's it's not a secret, right? It's it's it's, it's world history, and you know, being brought here. Enslaved, it's, se- freed, it's a secret now because they don't teach uh, and it. And then put back in chains with uh, Jim Crow. And then, you know, but I said, now for generations, you've had the real freedom. You've had it. You know, you've had it. Now, there wasn't, there is, and there always will be some kind of bias, but they've used people's tribalism and they've they've co- coined it racism, right? So this is the eugenics movement done this, right? They they create this this racism thing when it's really tribalism, right? And that goes for all people. Anywhere you go, like if you ever read Lord of the Flies when you were a kid, you know, stuff like that, like tribalism is 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 what, what they're identifying, but they're calling it something and labeling it as insidious. Like, and I say, how do, how do Americans or America, the, one of the second, the second country to abolish worldwide slavery and turn it into a, a you know, basically a criminal enterprise and, 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 and effectively stop it around the world, right? For the most part, how, how are we guilty of anything at this point? You know, I mean, like so many waves of immigrants, my family being one of those waves in the 1800s, like had nothing to do with slavery, you know, right. uh, had nothing to do with the oppression. You know, we're, we're oppressed ourselves when we came here. So, you know, again, in Fugazi world, what they do is they just make the straw man. And I say to my friends, I say, how do you how do you support 95 percent of your people? How do you support the party that literally did the damage? Like, is it Stockholm syndrome right. or is it more than that? You know, and a lot of them now agree with me. They're like, no, you're right. This is a joke, you know what I mean? We don't really, we're not monolithic anymore. Like, 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 right. like you, we're made to believe, be, be believed, but you know. If you ask it's anyone a bad thing. down here, if you ask any black person down here, oh, well, it's, or any white person, just depends on which t- type of the rural part of our, our state, Mississippi, you'll ask them, they will say, oh, it's just because daddy, daddy voted that way. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just. No critical well, thinking. No. None. None. Well, yeah, I mean, well, look at like, how, how do I get called a racist for saying black children, you're going to be able to do whatever you want. Yeah. You can be president if you want. I'm racist for that. Yeah. But the other side isn't racist for saying, no, you're going to have a problem. You're going to have issues because of your skin color. You can't, you won't be able to do this. Only the white people can do this. So yeah. how, what does that create? Yeah, it creates victims. It creates well, Diggs, Who's uh, the real racist? They look at you and say, yeah, because your, your skin color right. makes you a certain thing. I mean, that's crazy, you know? The anti-racist crowd are actually the racist. I mean, it, it's separating everybody. Oh, they're not going to accept you because you're gay, even though that this is coming from nowhere. Now, for instance, I can have a real-life situation and, and compare it. So I grew up in a, a fairly diverse neighborhood, Section 8, stuff like that, you know. you know. Um, and uh, so I grew up – so, for instance, there's like this 19-year-old girl, say. Uh, I think she's not – she's saying, oh, you won't understand because you're white. Uh, mm-hmm. She's a mixed child. I mean, she's black, Puerto Rican. Um but I grew up with her parents and her parents never talked like that. So it's like, so why did it skip that whole generation? And now these younger kids are talking like this when my whole generation never talked like this before. It's so it's like, so we, right. You're creating victims. And then what the, so they're going to believe they can't do something because their skin color. So then mm-hmm. what is it going to be? It's going to be, I need this. I need a handout. Then they become reliant. And when yeah. I'm just sitting here saying, Hey kid, you could do whatever you want. We had a black president for eight years. Do you guys mm-hmm. seem to forget about that? Yeah. We have, Black, some of the first black politicians were Republicans. The Republican Party ended slavery. The Democrats started KKK. Where some have you guys been? Black, some is, of the first slave owners in this country were black. It's literally listed on a timeline. That's literally listed on a timeline. Um, 
in the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum here in mm. the Capitol. And you have people, you can go there and you can watch all these students just walking straight past that and then going and pointing to the rebel flag, which was a battle flag. And then they're, mm -hmm. they're saying, oh, well, that's racist. I'm like, no, read, read this whole line about how it was all Republicans that tried to free you. And you know, people get so sensitive today, right? Yeah. When, when you're trying to defend traditional Americana, American values, American history, but at the same time, you could turn on the Emmy Awards or whatever stupid award show is going on, and they're doing some satanic yeah. ritual on the stage yeah. for millions of people to yeah. see. But you know, nothing to see here, right? You know, yeah. this, you know, simulating all kinds of sexual depravity or demonic things on television, you know. So I, I'm over, like, I'm over the, like, the, the, these people's indignation. Like if you, uh, people, mm -hmm. when I have these conversations with these type of people and they start labeling me, that's when I laugh at them. And I say, it seems you've run out of ideas, my dear, because you don't yeah, understand yeah. how to debate me because you have nothing. You know, all you have is this identity politics bullshit. You got this, this, this right. whole facade that you've built up, this academic veneer when you're really a fraud, mm -hmm. you know, just like these scientists, yeah, that's like, that's there, they're frauds, you know, Neil yeah. deGrasse Tyson the other day, you see that? When he melted down, mm. uh, he was doing some, uh, I forget who he was with, but he was with somebody and he just melted down because they were like, yeah, but you know, you, you said these things and he was just holding them to account. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I am science. I am the, you know, th the debate's yeah. over like, because I'm talking, you yeah. know, when we were kids growing up, yeah. people like that, we laughed at, you know, like we said, <laughs> you know, like those are the kids that took their ball and went home when they didn't like mm -hmm. the way the game was going, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And that seems to be who's in charge. We have derelicts, juveniles, really hate, hateful mm -hmm. and, and evil people in charge. And I just think that, you know, this election cycle, I, I like to end on, on this one, guys, the election cycle, you know, I'll talk a little mm -hmm. bit about what's coming up. Um, you know, quite frankly, I'm, I'm nervous, you know, obviously the Republican party is, is, is a, is a controlled opposition party, Washington generalist mm -hmm. in their nature. I love that uh, Matt Gates said that to um, Durham's face at the hearing. Did you mm -hmm. have a chance to see that? He said, yep. he basically said, do you know who the Washington generals are? Go, yeah. And, and it's true. Like the Republican party is disgraceful. Mitch McConnell is, is a derelict and he's a traitor. I don't care what anybody mm -hmm. says, you know, just from his actions, it's not, it's known. Paul Ryan was a traitor, you know, when he was the speaker of the house, when we had all three branches of government, first two years of Trump's presidency, see, people forget that, yeah. that we controlled all three branches of government at that point, you know, and, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and it was just disgraceful. You know, and their behavior is they're so dishonorable and so disgusting. And I think that, you know, this election cycle, what, 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 I'm, what I'm afraid of is that none of these politicians did anything to fix the underlying problems. They just told us that January 6th, was, you know, look at January 6th. You'll see, look, if you, if you deny elections, you're, you're a crazy person. You, you belong in jail. Meanwhile, we know there was something wrong there. I don't care what anybody says. Nobody that mm -hmm. makes not vote for Joe Biden. I don't care what anybody says. Do I have proof? No. Do I have facts? No. Am I libeling any company or person? No. I'm just saying it's bullshit. You know, it's for well, gays. We already have, gays. We already have yeah. confirmation from them because they say, you know, Biden's going to run and he's not going to debate anyone. They are. That is a confirmation mm -hmm. for anyone that has been awake in the past four years or longer, uh, even two years. That's a confirmation mm -hmm. that they already have this rigged. They are, since nothing has yeah. changed since They're January 6th, they, they just know it's, it's going to be fine. And I'm really worried. Good. I'm really worried that the election cycle is going to yield very little fruit, that we're not going to see much movement in, in the uh, House races and Senate races. You know, so Diggs, what's your take on the upcoming election cycle? Well, I think that more uh, concerned citizens need to start running for positions. I think they need to, we need to get these little followings that we get at these school board meetings or whatever else. So, you know, I got like Patriot Coalition meetings in my state. Uh, we just all need to get together. We need to, uh, we need to start working polls and doing little things or, you know, running for a position ourselves. Um, I think that there's going to be massive cheating either way. Um, and I think that we have to be, we have to turn out so overwhelming that it won't affect us as much. Um, but at the same time, I mean, like you said, the Republican Party shit too, man. I mean, mm -hmm. there's more promising people in there. Yeah. But it's I think people need to the just same get uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. People need to stop, you know, wanting to be so goddamn comfortable in their life and they have to get uncomfortable. I hate speaking in front of a bunch of people at meetings, but you know what? When it comes down to my fucking kids, I don't care. Mm -hmm. So people got to get uncomfortable and just do things uh 
for, for the good of the country, for the good of your community, for the children and next generations. Because if you don't, these people are going to continue to run the shit into the fucking ground. So I am nervous. Um, I, I am seeing a better turnout. I mean, I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm, I'm a fucking dark blue state now, apparently, from what it looks like to the polls. But at the same time, what I see, dude, I see a red state. Mm-hmm. Besides Philly and maybe Pittsburgh, I see a red state, bro. Yeah. I, I've talked to a lot of people. and But for some reason, the voting always turns out to be extremely uh, blue. And I just don't people- fucking get it. Is there enough people? I don't know the 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 the, the demographic like uh, makeup like as far as population goes, uh, centers. Are there enough people in the Pittsburgh, Greater Pittsburgh, and Philadelphia area to overtake the whole state's population when it comes to the voting? I mean, is, or is it just again? I, mean, uh, I I don't I don't honestly I don't know the exact numbers. I doubt it because PA these these are very small areas and and we have a large pretty large state. And the rest is red. I mean, you could even look on the map. When they, the rest is red for sure. But I think that there is a lot of empty space there. And I think that a lot of the people in these rural areas of Pennsylvania, some of them might not even fucking vote because they're it's in their own little world. They don't feel the effects. They need to turn out. And now, but that's what I'm saying right now. I have a better look at because we have the Amish in Lancaster. It's not that far from me. We got Amish I love people. Lancaster. They, oh. were, they were even... Sh- waving trump flags now because mm-hmm. the fucking the, the because they're coming down on the farms of people selling natural shit out here now yeah mm-hmm. so now they're getting the farmers involved in it and that's where you're going to run into fucking trouble yeah the yeoman farmers so in closing i'd say you know we we, we all kind of have the same kind of feeling we're worried about corruption we're worried about electioneering mm-hmm. we're worried about all this technical problem um but in the end we're holding out some glimmer of hope i guess with donald trump and his candidacy and some of the stronger personalities emerging from the rhino republican party so alex uh, uh, with you uh, how do you feel about um you, you know all that and who do you like in the in, in the 2024 election just a personal pick uh I'm not entirely sure whoever's going to be right now is Trump, but it's going to be whoever is going to make a better future for my children um, and for me. Amen to that. And it's going to be voter turnout because around here that that is the true. uh, And it's going to be just people shut up and go to the poll. That's that's all it is. Is just stop telling. Good way to end this conversation. Stop today. telling who everybody you're do. heard it from Alex. You heard it here from Alex <laughs> on Politics Plus podcast. Shut up and go to the vault. Get your ass out and vote. <laughs> yes. And don't complain if you don't. How about exactly. that? Exactly, guys. It was a yeah, phenomenal exactly. conversation tonight. I had a lot of a lot of fun. Some good laughs. We 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 touched on some heavy topics, but we did it with a light heart. So I just want to say again, if you're looking to follow Politics Plus, go to Rumble. Go to iTunes Store. Go to Spotify. Check us out. If you want to see great content like this, keep tuning in because we're doing it for you, America. This is Johnny Onions, Politics Plus Podcast. Diggs and Alex signing off. Good night. In America, we don't worship government. We worship God. In the words of St. Athanasius of Alexandria, if the world is against the truth, then I am against the world. Thank you for joining us today on Politics Plus Podcast, where we talk about politics plus so much more. For more content, make sure to follow and interact with the podcast on our official social media pages, including Getter, Truth Social, Twitter, and our Instagram page at Politics Plus Podcast. Remember to like, share, and subscribe on Rumble, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Join us next time for another exciting episode.